is Small Town News. I'm Keith. I'm Neil. I'm Craig. And I'm George. And what we do each session is we read small town newspaper articles from small towns somewhere in the United States. We are reading these articles for the first time. They are provided to us by the wonderfully talented but woefully underpaid Dr. Saxon. From those articles, we might pick a character, a situation, maybe just a singular word, and we're going to improvise stories around it. We're just trying to make big stories out of small town news. Where are we today, Keith? We are in the land of Cook. Cucamonga, <laughs> New Hampshire. Uh, Cucamonga, New, New Hampshire. Oh, we are in New Hampshire. Yeah, look at that. Claremont. I was close. Claremont, New Hampshire. Anybody you know? ever been to New Hampshire? I don't think I've ever been in that state, no. No, no but I have a brother-in-law, for, or had a brother-in-law from New Hampshire. He's no longer married to your sister? That would be correct. Oh. Yes. Or you're ne- no longer married to his sister? First. <laughs> also true. You're also not married to his sister. Well, you said no longer. <laughs> That's true. Which, That's true. What would you call that if I were to marry someone's sister and then that person, and then my wife's brother then married my sister? I think your kids would be double first cousins. And that's the level at which it's not legal to marry in North Carolina. <laughs> Wait, so, yeah. so, so, so the siblings can marry, that's fine, but then... But their kids can't marry. So well, like, then what's the point? Right. <laughs> I didn't realize you specialize in this type of law, George. Well, it's a little known fact. It doesn't come up much, but when it does, it's important. <laughs> Exceedingly. Exceedingly important. So you can, in North Carolina, and I don't know about New Hampshire. We'll have to research it. <laughs> um, uh, here's, a, here's a legal disclaimer. The information I'm about to give is not legal advice for New Hampshireans, and let's be honest, North Carolinians either. So... Um, you can marry your first cousin in North Carolina. You cannot marry your double first cousin. So if two siblings married We're, two siblings and they had kids, their kids could not get married. But anything other than that is fair game. How often does this come up where a law was made? Like I, I figured that was just a ridiculous claim to make. I mean, I'm sure it's happened somewhere, but I'm well, enough sure, for there to well, be a law? How, how is it enforced? Because I don't recall ever being asked, are you related to the person? Is it your cousin well, or first cousin? Is that a question that they ask? I think if you're married to well, your that, double first cousin, someone in the family's going to talk about it. So <laughs> you don't have to ask. Well, now, back <laughs> in the day, that's why, they would do, that's why they would do blood tests, wasn't it? To make sure people weren't related? Isn't that why it was I just assumed they were just like taking your blood and throwing it out the back. Like, are they really checking people's they, blood? They, they, but they also didn't have the means to actually do that at the time. So that... That's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't think it was legitimately going to catch it. Did they take blood tests when you got married? Not when I did. Not when I did. (laughs) Now, now when I got divorced, plenty of blood was taken. But yeah, after I I got engaged. Still draining, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, after I got got engaged, my mother several times was kind of like, don't you need to get your, go to a doctor, get your blood taken? So apparently my parents did because, and I asked my mom why, and she said, "I, I don't know. Isn't that what people do? Really? Yeah. Wouldn't it be a quick, easy way, like, you set up that test, and if you don't want two people to get married, you just go, like, the whole thing is like, uh, doctor, no. Yeah. I'm not approving this as the father. Okay, oh, look, you guys are incompatible. Something popped up in the blood work. You're double first cousins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else are they looking for? <laughs> the chosen one. Tr- we shall discover you. Trigonosis? Isn't that what you get? The love for? of trigonometry? Yes. Absolutely. Exactly. Yep. Uh, you don't want to marry those not people. Not to get married. You're yeah. a Pisces. Yeah. This isn't going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to move on, we, we, we just got to take a hard left. <laughs> <laughs> Because and I, because we're well, we're well off the rail. So we just, we just got to, you just got to accept. We got a hard left. Town tidbits, or let Jess do the Wikipedia. 
Thanks, Jess. There you go. Jess is the best. <laughs> With a population of roughly 13,000, Claremont is located in Sullivan County, New Hampshire, near the Vermont border. Claremont was named after Thomas Pelman Holmes' English country estate. Pelman Holmes was created uh, by the Earl of Clare in 1714 and then as the Duke of Newcastle-upon-Tyne in 1715 in recognition for his services to the newly crowned King George I. However, historian Harry Dixon notes the modern historians have depicted Pelham Holmes as the epitome of unredeemed mediocrity and as a veritable buffoon in office. <laughs> Wait a second. That is throwing some shade. Golly, that's a great sentence. It really is. Ice cold. The epitome of unredeemed mediocrity. I'm going to use that very soon. A veritable buffoon in office. Yes. <laughs> so says Harry Dixon. Harry Dixon drops the mic. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot to be said. Like... About like, you know, like people saying it's like, oh, you know, when you swear, it just makes you sound unintelligent. Then you hear an insult like that. And, and I'm just does. like, that's right. great. It really, I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's a wordsmith. But, but really, um, I bet historians are some of the best people to insult others. The epitome of unredeemed mediocrity. Everything is a review. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well thought out. Yeah. So like, it, it almost seems like anything in time gone by always seems so much smoother. Like any Shakespearean insult is brilliant, right? It's because they had to write everything down on paper and paper was precious. So they thought about their words before they wrote on it. So what we don't hear is Harry Dixon saying, you poop head, and then going home <laughs> yeah. and writing this down. <laughs> right. <laughs> he would think about it. Poophead was the first draft. Yeah. And then he went back and he said, hmm. This is the 3 a.m. Oh, you know what I should have said. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, right. And it's time to change it because he didn't tweet it. Local rhubarb grown by local people. <laughs> by Julia Lloyd Wright. Two mm. years ago, a couple of young entrepreneurs found a niche market growing and selling rhubarb what? from their Perkinsville garden. <laughs> Brother and sister duo, Sam a ninth grader at Woodstock Union High School, and Olivia Clement, a seventh grade Weathersfield student. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I can, these children are going to die. These are children. <laughs> <laughs> a seventh grade Weathersfield student have since established a local clientele of rhubarb enthusiasts. People like it because we pull it fresh, Olivia said. Quote, the inn at Weathersfield and Jason... Executive Chef Jason Trostop is just down the road, and he's a big customer, and we can deliver it whenever he needs it. The inn aims to serve meals prepared and cooked using local produce raised organically. Although the three varieties grown by the Clemens could not be named, <laughs> Olivia referred to them as heirloom, donated by their grandparents and two great uncles. Could not be named like the Voldemort of rhubarb. Rhubarb, or its technical name. Are these are customers that can't be named? I think the types of rhubarb. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like people just, they didn't want to be mentioned in this article as buying <laughs> rhubarb. <laughs> well, it is, a, it is a very controversial plant. I don't, want, I don't want this out there. You ever cooked anything with rhubarb? Uh, just recently, um, me and Meredith had like strawberry and rhubarb smoothies that Did she you make made. Yeah. Really? yeah. Do you know my them? introduction to rhubarb? No. Prairie Home Companion. That's the first time you've ever heard of it? Yep. Not a southern veggie. Right. It's like red celery is yeah, what I thought right. as a kid. And it always gets paired with like strawberry, right? You don't yeah. eat it on its own. Yeah. Just... Yep. B- rhubarb business. <laughs> like the throwaway of veggies has to be paired with other things. No, but people like to say that they're having a vegetable and they like the color. And it's a veggie pie, right? Rhubarb pie. So it's healthy? Maybe. 
I always <laughs> assumed I always assumed it was a fruit. I mean, like I didn't make the smoothies when Meredith made them. I, I've always assumed it's fruit because I've heard of rhubarb pie. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's how they get away with it. They pair it with fruit and they make you think that it's a fruit. But why not just have fruit? What is the right? Bad? That's where I'm it's, lost. It's a, well, it's like a filler, you yeah, know. Like, like I always assumed because you know strawberries cost money, but I bet rhubarb's <laughs> cheaper. That's probably right. Like sweet potato pie, sweet potato sawdust pie. You don't have to use as many sweet potatoes. <laughs> is that an Oliver family secret? It is. Yes, it is. Uh, when you have seven kids in your family, you only have so many sweet potatoes. <laughs> you got to stretch them to complement the possum. Yeah, that's right. Well, possum and whatever fillers you can get to complement the possum. Cut to the New Hampshire Zoo. All right, Cecil. Cecil. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, first day on the job. You ready for this? I think so. Okay, fantastic. Okay, now look. Now the, 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 we're, we've been closed for a little bit here right now, but the zoo is about to reopen. All right. So what we need to do here, we need to make sure that all the good animals are up front. Okay? Okay. The elephants, the tigers, the bears, you know, the real money-making animals, you know, get them up there. All right. And then... Um, monkeys? Yeah, monkeys. Yeah, monkeys Chimp, are good. Chimps, okay. Yeah, maybe after the elephants and the bears and whatnot there, but... um. But we got a problem here. We got all these cages in the back here. We need we need we need some filler animals. We need something in these cages. We don't want people just seeing empty cages. The empty cages in the back. Yeah, in the back. You know, I mean, when you go to the zoo, a lot of these people, you know, they're you know they're leaving after about two or three hours. You know, they don't make it all the way to the back. Yeah. But the last thing we need is in someone's peripheral, they see an empty cage. We want to so, give them a reason to come all the way to the back of the zoo. Uh, and not necessarily. We just need filler, Cecil. We just need filler. You know, just stuff behind the bars in the cages to make people think they're getting their money's worth, even if they don't make it all the way to the back of the zoo. All right. I got okay. my same idea, boss. Philip, what you got, Philip? I have been raising these possums for years, and I've been begging you to let me put them in some of these cages. They're cute. They're cuddly. I mean, they don't bite too hard. Now, look. Now, now, Philip. First off, let me tell you, I I, I love the cost-effective approach of this. Possums very easy to come by. Fill up a lot of space, but they just they'll weave right through these bars. We can't. They won't Not stay these in these possums. bars. Well, make these sure are train, po- these are trained possums. Trained possums. Trained possum. Okay, now now it's it's you're starting to sound like you got something kind of impressive here, which is going to take it out of the filler category. But what have you trained these possums to do, Philip? Well, all sorts of. I mean, they typically that's how I clean up the park at night. I just bring the possums in, they clean it up. It's all good, but there's going to be a fee. A filler fee? Absolutely. Are you collecting this filler fee? Yeah, I've trained these possums on my own time. Well, what exactly are they trained to do, Philip? Phil, I can train them to just sit in those cages and hang out. So you're telling me that you have trained possums to sit ass. That is correct. I, I, I feel like this is not a very remarkable program you have here. You've trained possums to just sit. Cecil, are you hearing all this? I might, I might need Boss, some backup I am, on this I, later. I, I, I got to be honest with you, though. I like Phil's business plan. I was, I was kind of wondering if maybe I could audition to be one of these possums. I mean, sitting ass sounds fun. I'd be happy to put you in a cage. Really? Absolutely. Oh, man. I, I, I probably couldn't even squeeze through it either, so I'd there. No, wait, 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 wait. I'm the superior here. Now, if anybody's going to decide who's sitting behind the bars in the cages, it's going to be me right now. You saying I'm not good filler? I think I'm pretty good filler, I, and I can eat garbage. I love. I the- saw him drag a, a cheese steak out of the trash can the other day. Oh, my God. He can you do see that. that? Okay, yeah. okay. Wait, uh, you know, hear me out here. Your body mass is basically the equivalent of, I don't know, 15 possums, maybe? 12 more like it. 12 more like it. They are a dense marsupial. Okay, valid. (laughs) See, kids could ask me questions. 
I can eat garbage. <laughs> We're still gonna have to figure out the fee, but I'm liking where this is going. Okay. Well, well, well what are you talking? Are we talking monetary fee? Is there some other way? Maybe on a on a back end kick up that we can uh, help things out here. I was really looking for a cage of my own. You want to stay here in the zoo? Yep. We might have a nice little. But know, I don't want to get stuck back with the possums. I want some prime real estate. I'd okay. like to be up. Okay. I'm really looking between the elephants and the tigers. We can work out a situation. Maybe we can sublet the cell with the tigers. I feel like I might be in danger. Cut if we to, were to uh, locker room, high school basketball game. It is Michael Jordan's high school team. Jeremy, can, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to feel like the rest of us on the team, we're like just filler. No, nobody cares that we're even here. I, ne- I never touched the ball. If we didn't show up, it'd still be the Michael Jordan show. I've been working on my free throws, just like trying to get hit. You, you're hitting your free throws. I mean, I know, and you're, and you're throwing your body out there trying to get trying to get fouled. But it's like nobody's paying any attention to the rest of us here. No. What are we gonna do about it? Coach, All right, guys. Oh, here comes the Sorry coach. Around. Huh? All right, guys. Good to see you again. Wow. Laney uh, High School, number one of the state, boys. Yeah. 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 yeah that's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Michael. Michael. Yeah. All right, guys, get the ball to Michael. Coach. That's our game. Coach, I don't want to – it's nice being on the winning team. We're clearly going to win the tournament again this year. Right, yeah, Michael. It's great, it's great, it's great. My but, trophy case is full. Right. I, I couldn't yeah. be happier about it. And, and no disrespect to Mike. No disrespect to you, Coach. But – we're just not even part of the deal, man. Well, we're, guys, we're, we're, we have to have five players on the floor. We yeah, do. We have somebody's got to pass the ball into Michael. He can't pass it into himself. Well, he, he probably, you're probably good, Michael. That's, he did. You don't even have your eyes open during these games. That was anymore. our one job, and he took it from us. Really don't have to watch anymore. This is working out great for me, but oh, you're playing the game. It's just a different one than you understand. You see, there's some people who are meant to be champions in this world. And there's some people who are meant to be filler. And guys, you're filler. You know what? You should embrace your role on this team. You're not making me feel better, Coach. You're making no, me feel worse. i, I got to be honest, Coach. I feel like you're limiting my future possibilities here. Like, I'm in the 11th grade. Yes. I could still be a champion. Just, I don't know, maybe something else. M- maybe like chess. But I don't think basketball is ever going to be your sport, kid. Coach, I'm seven feet tall. If you were to develop this body... I could be a champion. I'm seven feet tall. That's true, and you weigh 130 pounds. Right. I've been I, I've been running. I've been keeping the weights off. You should stop running and eat. I just need you to stand by the goal on the defensive and, and just stand there. I don't need you to move. See, part of the problem I've got with you, Jenkins, is you run up and down the court. Right. I don't need you on the other end. What? Mike's got that handled. They're talking about all of us. Mike is the shortest guy on the team. He is. Cut to <laughs> the publishing offices of the writer Dean Koontz. <laughs> hey, what did you call me in here for? Hey, Dean, look, yeah. I just, I just, I want to talk to you about this uh, new book of yours here. This, this is great, it's great stuff. Isn't it? This is classic. Great. Classic Koontz. Let's see, what, what are you calling this one again? Steam Engine Rolls. Steam Engine Rolls. Yeah. That's, that's a classy title there, Dean. It Look, is. Let me tell you something here. The opening of this book. Beautiful. Fantastic. Yep. The foreboding. The, the, the teens, their car, it's stuck on the railroad tracks. They hear 
an engine coming, but they know it's an abandoned line. Oh, ah. edge of my seat. Ah. And let me tell you something. And the ending. Brilliant. Turns out it was the, a haunted railroad line. Not a train, but the line itself. It's the middle of the book. I, I kind of got some questions here. Yeah. All these pages. It's one of my best. Yeah. All these pages are blank. Yeah. I, they're, it's it's a new style I've come up with. Yeah. Well, what, what, what style is that, Dean? It's sort of a, a create your own journey. I appreciate that, but there's no journey here. These are blank pieces of paper. You're missing it. Okay. You're not the creative type. Oh, well, um, I, I never claimed to be, Deanie. Yep, well, it's you... obvious to me now. Okay, well, then what was... So you want people to write the, their own middle of oh, the no, book? No, 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 As we're turning those pages, we're creating our own story. Okay, because what you literally have here, you have an opening of a book, and then we've got about 125 pages of just blank paper. Ooh, that was really supposed to be 150. So you want to republish this? I need with, the other 25 okay. pages. Well, look, if you he, recall, I am contractually obligated to a specific number of pages. Yeah. And if you change that, you've really changed my compensation well, well, plan now, here. Now, Dean, when we set that in motion with your contract, we were assuming there would be words on all of those pages. I don't know if you're aware, but you were not specific in that manner. Can't you just put a little filler in here? Just whatever, you know, just, just, I don't know, talk about gardening or something. Just, 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 just put something in here. Cut to the Council of Nicaea 323 when they're deciding on the books of the Bible. All right, guys, uh, we agreed on uh, John. Yes. Yep. Matthew. Yes. And Leviticus. I would like my gospel to be considered. Uh, and what's your gospel? The gospel according to me, Reginald. The, Reginald. Um, the gospel according to Reginald. Reginald. We've talked about this. We have, and that's and why you, I'm bringing it up again. You keep telling me no. That is correct. That is correct. We I, we are looking to fill this out a bit. We only have six books so far, and uh, I think we all agree that that's not quite enough. No, we need more. Uh, to, I believe I have a unique perspective on the Christ story. I was not anywhere near him during his life. In fact, I, all of my accounts are third-hand from other individuals, which right. is what makes it unique. The rest of you all have first-hand knowledge. It really makes it uniquely irrelevant. We need filler, but not filler, right? So, Well, I, um, I would like to suggest the Courtberry Chronicles. I, Lord Courtberry. What's your there, special connection? What, there's a... There was some time in his life between the age of 13 and 18 where he Ooh, was really... And we're, we're really missing some stuff there. What do you have? He was really into poetry, ramen noodles. Okay, cool. Um, it, he really was not feeling his parents a whole lot, so he, he did a lot of just like quiet brooding. Gotcha. So like a like a emo Jesus? It's very much like an emo nice. Jesus. Nice. So yes. uh, do you have any of his poems? Like, I, I do. Well, I have one right here. It's a rid- oh, can we you read, read it for, it us? for yeah, us? Absolutely. I can't believe this. My parents suck. My dad sucks. Wait, wait. Big D or little D? For dad? Yeah. Little D. Okay. Of course. So, we gotta, so we're so, talking so guys, about Joseph. So guys, we have to stay on message here, okay? This is I, very important. I feel like the poem should rhyme. And if we're looking for filler, it should be high quality filler. It should rhyme. So you're telling me the Lord Jesus Christ is not a good poet. I'm just saying that perhaps what he revealed to you was not his best stuff. What was revealed to me about the Christ, I admittedly was third hand, starts in his 35th year of life. 
And it um, tells Reginald, the story. Reginald? Yes. By all of our accounts, he was crucified at 33. It's really, it's really off message, Reginald. I think you're missing the bigger point here. Cut to a doorstep in modern day New Hampshire. Excuse me, do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Savior, Reginald? Yes. <laughs> Reginald? I'm yes, sorry. Reginald. Can you explain a little more? Oh, um, sorry, I haven't made it this far before. <laughs> um, yeah, um, he is a um, pretty cool guy. Isn't really good at identifying other people. Um, but he, um, and he's also not very good at getting his way. Um, um, this book should have been a part of the Bible, but um, Lord and uh, Lord and Savior, yes, Reginald, yes, um, who's not good at getting his way and doesn't do things well. He's a very relatable so figure. I, that's fair. Um, who did he save? If we're if he's Lord of what, Savior of what? Okay. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, I haven't really made it this far. I gotta flip through this. Uh, well, it's really more of a pamphlet here. Gotcha. Um, okay, it says here, one time he saved um, up to uh, $2 for a new pair of sandals. So, Oh, that type so of So footwear, he likes footwear too. Oh, I see. It's, you should stop saying savior. That says saver. That's oh. Reginald the saver. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, see that? Yep. Oh, God. Yeah, that's... Turns out the rest of this pamphlet is just... Blank pieces of paper. (laughs) 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 New Barbershop Reminds You of the Old Days Mm. by Ben Buckley. Inside the new Sugar River Barbershop located on 2 Pheasant Street next to the Oscar Brown Block is a testament to the old days of a timely craft. There are the antique barber chairs, checkerboard tiles, jars, just jars, a copper towel steam, and the sound of jazz coming from ceiling speakers. For owners Eric Hector of Cornish and David Canestrati Windsor, holding on to the past and the history of their craft isn't just out of habit. It's also part of the business plan. We want an old school atmosphere. We wanted to open a vintage men's shop. The way the two barbers operate is a nod to the way the barbershops of yore operated. We do the traditional neck shave after a haircut, and we use a straight razor, which has always Cut been in to a- <laughs> the barbershop. All right, uh, welcome, sir. How are you? Glad you come to the old-timey barbershop. Well, uh, what did we do it. for you today? Well, I saw you opened up. I'm just here to... You have for a uh, haircut or medical service? Uh, excuse me? Haircut or medical service? Uh, medical service? Uh, what What would that be? Rebalance the spirits. So, you know, I mean, we can. We got leeches. What, is that what's in that um, jar over there? Yep, is yep, that leeches? Those are leeches. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we can just do a good old-fashioned bloodletting, if you wait, feel like wait, that might wait, be... Wait, 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 uh, Bloodletting. So... Not familiar with the term. What it sounds like is you're going to bleed oh, me. It rebalances the humors. Anything that ails you, this is how we fix it. We also pull teeth. So, I mean, we've got you're that for you too. I'm a barber. I'm not just sewn down to one little craft. You know, medical services, dental services, and we cut hair. So I was thinking about a haircut. Okay, um, and we can but, do that complimentary with any of the other services as well. 
So this thing about humors, what tell me more about humors? If your humors are out of balance, we'll do a little bit of bloodletting. You know, sometimes you might have to come back. Maybe you don't have enough blood, so we gotta, you know, bleed you, let it fill back up, and then we'll bleed you again in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, what's no! going on with that guy? Mike. What happened to you? Well, you forgot about me. Yeah, but you, you know what? You're going to be so much better if, you, does, you know, if we can just get you over the hump here. He does not look well. Unnatural color. Uh, it's just a little he pale. Gray. He was He, he was pretty gray. pale when he came in. He and was is pretty that a pale. leech that is hanging from his leg? Oh, damn it. Damn it. All right, all right we got that one, too. The there's size one of, my, of a boa constrictor. There's one on my thumb. Oh, stick it out. Uh, stick it out. All right, there we go. All right, cool. All right. Uh, Cut to small claims court. Well, now, looking at all this evidence here, it does appeal that uh, you, sir, uh, Ben Mankiewicz, you uh, yeah. stole a political sign off of uh, Samuel Bronkwell's uh, front yard here. Yes, he did, Your Honor. Yeah, okay, all right, so, so so you just don't agree with his uh, politics. Is that all that boils down to? Pretty much. I think he's kind of a jerk. Okay, well, um, let's see here. And you say that you don't know where that sign is now. No. You do not know the whereabouts of that sign. Well, no. let's see. The cost of said sign, uh, the court adheres, is only about a dollar fifty cents or so. Now, as it's you know, the principle of it, Your Honor. I agree, sir. It is very much the principle here. I do not take these lightly, as you know. This is staffed. staffed. This is an old-fashioned small claims court. So, uh, since you cannot produce said sign to return to him, I'm afraid we're going to have to chop off one of your hands here, son. Uh, no. I'm right here, sir. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Now, make sure that blade is sharp this time, damn it. I want it done in one swipe, not five like last time. I've been rubbing it on that stone a lot. I think I got it this time, sir. Give it a couple more here. All right. Okay. If you wouldn't mind stepping up to the uh, the stone here up front. It was a sign, and he's a jerk, man. I don't want to lose a hand for this. Look, we're not, he's I, not on trial right Has anybody seen Your my Honor. glasses? Your Honor, I have to say, yes. you have just witnessed him slander me, call me a jerk. It's time to remove his tongue. Oh, my goodness. I appreciate you bringing that up. Okay. You are such get a the, tattletale. This, you is, this is exactly why I stole this I sign. Get the tongue knife ready now. Yep, I always got that in my pocket, sir. I got it right here. I don't think he's getting the message. The you see what he just knife? did with his middle finger? I think he's going to beg him for some stocks. That's going to be dollars? hard after we take off his hand, sir. That's Should we be... do that first? <laughs> <laughs> Smokehouse honored for innovation Ooh. by Ben Bulkley. Mike Satzo, owner of North Country Smokehouse, has tasted success with his company and will soon be recognized for his efforts as he's been named as the recipient of the Richard L. Knowlton Innovation Award. North County Smokehouse, which is located on Airport Road, specializes in smoked meat products that are shipped throughout the world. The award identifies someone who's built a profitable enterprise and has contributed with community service, says Satso. Temple Grandin, who worked with the meat industry on animal rights, was a past <laughs> winner of the award, said Satso. The amazing thing about Temple was that she was autistic, and it helped her to identify with animals. Hold on. She found ways to have less stress to be put on the animals. What? Did you say the meat industry on animal rights? I heard I that. did. She found ways to have less stress be put on the animals than being slaughtered, apparently. I'm not sure how you put less stress on an animal. Did when she you're come gonna... up with Beyond Meat? <laughs> Is that what she did? <laughs> I don't think so. Cut to the New Hampshire Maximum Security Prison death row. Warden. 
I, I yep. thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're a busy man here, but I I, I feel very passionate about a little situation that's come to my attention here on um, death row. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. Uh, you know, we got old Sparky right here. Yeah. You know, we do. the execution chair. Yeah. Um, been around a long time. Long, yep. long time. Uh, now look, everything's unplugged. Okay. All right. There, there's no the juice going to Sparky. Yes. Would you mind just humoring me? Just take a seat in in old Sparky. Uh, just no. Right here. Humor me a moment. I mean, everything's right. unplugged. Okay. Everything's All right. fine. All right. Just take fine. a seat here. All right. Okay. I'm in. All right. You feel that? It's kind of harsh. It is well, a little. I mean, yeah. it's, there's not much lumbar support. I will say that. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, it, it just, it's, I, you know, sit up and plop down. All right. Just, all right. Ow. Yeah. That's, uh, okay. That is unpleasant. It's very, And I think the armrests are maybe a little high. I'm, I don't think I like the armrests. Okay. All right. Now, you see, I didn't even notice that. That's why I yeah. wanted to have you here, Warden. So I'm thinking we need to revamp old Sparky here. We need to bring My a little. My feet are swinging. Do you see this? They don't even touch the ground. I know. So, so that's okay. And it's I'm not a man t- of average height, by the way. It's Ron, a- Ron, you ready for us to bring in your prototype? Okay. Yeah. Bring- Wait, okay. Hey, hey, what's, what is this? This, yes, you may have noticed we have a, a large blanket over here uh, covering up a I had not seen that before. Okay. Because I just wheeled it in. Oh, sweet. But check it out here. I present to you (gasps) Sparky 2.0. That is beautiful. Okay. Yes. Okay. So now you see here, we got the, we got the, uh, the, the, the velvet finish. Okay. Nice padded seats. Mm, Tell them about the massage function. I want to be clear. I mean, this does serve its proper purpose, right? Oh, oh, this will kill anybody that sits in it, okay? Okay. It functions exactly the same. My point Mm -hmm. is we need to make sure they're as comfortable as possible before they die. Mm, Okay. Now, now there are a couple of conditions here that, that I just want to throw out. Okay, number one is the massage function isolated so that it's not destroyed during the process. Because I don't want to buy some half-ass chair here. Old Sparky, that thing's 100 years old. Oh, yeah. That stood the test of time. Do you know how many people that thing's sent to the afterlife? Yeah, I know, but how many people did it send to the afterlife uncomfortably? And that's well, what and, I'm, I'm not me. disagreeing. I just want a quality product. Ron, to be honest, we, I haven't been able to test it fully yet, obviously. The state has really been pushing us yeah. to get friendly with how we use our electricity. So i got to say, can we run this thing solar? Mm. Solar powered electric sparky. Mm. Well, I mean, we want to be off the grid by 2030. Well, well, wait, here's the here's the thing, Warden. You know, as you know, we do most of our executions at night. We typically wait for rainy nights just because it's more atmospheric. You know, that is true. Yeah, it really is. So, so the solar power we're going to run into a bit of an issue there. But uh, well, I've got battery storage. That's what I'm saying. I mean, do you think uh, do you think we can get enough batteries to make this Joker run? Because it is beautiful. Okay, I mean, I don't. I mean, we have talked about if we ran it during a stormy day, we could just stick a lightning rod up through the ceiling and see if we can catch some lightning that way. Oh, so then it would be electricity. Right. Not really oh solar, but it is natural. It's it's like the luck of God, like right? So if it doesn't God's strike, judgment. maybe you don't. We, yeah. Well, so we've been working on a marketing campaign, and okay. one that we talked about was God's judgment. Okay. The other was the calm before the storm. So mm. you, you relax, and then you That's ride right. the lightning. It's a lightning storm. That's right. Ride the lightning on Sparky 2. Guys, uh, look, Death Row is small. Death Row is small, and uh, I can hear all this. These are the last minutes I'm going to have. This is, it. this is it for me. Well, don't you want to spin him in a comfy chair, Charles? Well, I'm, I'm conflicted, to be honest. Uh, I, my daddy died in Old Sparky. My granddaddy died in Old Sparky. 
And, you know what? And, 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 and I see your problem. I did the job. I see your problem. We can probably just keep old Sparky around for you. I mean, I certainly don't want to break that tradition. Gentlemen, there is a tradition that's been established here in his family. I do hate to break tradition, but this is progress in the name of science, Warden. You, is- you, you were going to put a pole on top of the prison and kill me in some kind of a no, Frankenstein no, situation. No, God was going to kill you. I want electricity running through my veins. Yeah. Run no, the no. power plant. You no. get old coal-fired electrocution. Coal-fired death. Third generation legacy. You know, I understand that, but, point. but then what? Well, we got to keep old Sparky around for when it, for when his son is in here. What next? On death row? If, if we not. break this, what next? Will colleges not take idiot kids of people who can donate enough money who went there before? We're going to collapse the whole system. There is something to be said for tradition. Maybe we're overthinking it, Ron. Then I got to figure out what to do with this prototype we got. Cut to his home later that night. Hi, honey. sweetie. Glad Hi. you're home. Hey, honey. Look, I uh, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Oh, um, good news first. All right. Well, the good news is I got you that massage chair that you always wanted. <gasps> oh, I love you. Oh, you always think of me. Uh, well, uh, the bad news is you you really better be careful when you're using it on a sunny day. I'm sorry? Well, it just it, it, it might come with a little extra sting to it, uh, more so than a... Then a pinched nerve will get you. I don't think I understand what you're trying to say. Well, remember when I was telling you about how uh, me and the boys wanted to uh, improve Death Row a little bit? You mean to roll in the prototype, Ron? <laughs> Not yet. Bring it in. <sighs> okay, okay. I'm sorry to interrupt the marital conversation. I just, okay, it's just, it's just I've got the prototype on this, this blanket a little here. Bit here. Okay, yes, yes. This was going to be an electric chair. But... <gasps> But it's a calm before the storm, Ron. It's not. It's not anymore. It's a massage chair. Ah, look. This looks like the most uncomfortable ma- massage chair ever. No, it's well. That's okay. what that inmate said. That's okay. inmate. No inmate. Okay, look. He only sat in it once. It wasn't used for the. Oh, execution. only sat in it once. Isn't that what happens to everybody who sits in an electric chair? I don't. Uh, to the. Oh my God! I thought you had gotten better. I'm uh, starting to feel uncomfortable. Do I really need to be here for this? What is he? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> and see. <laughs> Teacher starts Arctic Archaeological Odyssey by Dan Bustard. Oh, come on. Who? Say it right. <laughs> Dan Bustard? Can we all agree <laughs> that this newspaper is written by one person you who are makes such a bustard. ridiculous <laughs> names? <laughs> you low-down, dirty bustard. <laughs> you really blew out my crap flap. <laughs> so Dan Bustard is a lot like Dan Bastard. Yeah, Dan Bustard. Yeah. There's been some interesting names in this section. Because the paper's written by one person who's just making up names. Yep. So it seems like a big time falutin' newspaper. I tend to be loquacious in my demeanor. <laughs> well, the epitome, the epitome of loquacious demeanor. Sir. Loquacity. Loquacity. <laughs> As a teacher for 22 years, Frank Kelly is known for getting his students out in the field. Now the Chester Andover Elementary School science teacher is practicing what he preaches, spending the summer within the Arctic Circle doing archaeology on the coast of the Chukchi Chukchi Sea. Chukchi Sea. It's not a lake. See all? Chuk the sea sea. There you go. Chukchi. C-H-U-K-C-H-I. Chukchi Sea. 
By doing archaeology, it means Kelly and others digging test pits, searching the sands for items, and painstakingly brushing away everything to catalog each item. The work is pretty slow. You have to look closely, and there's quite a bit of material to go through, he wrote in an online journal of his activities. What is exciting is finding things and then cleaning them up. As I was working through this, I just felt like an archaeologist. All right, this, this reminds me of something. Um, <laughs> have you ever been to Hit a Night, like with your kids, family? I don't know what um, that is. It's, it's in North Carolina. It's where they find these emeralds, like the Carolina Queen, Carolina Princess. They're all from this area of North Carolina called Hidden Night, and you can go there and, and dig for emeralds and other things. You've done this, I'm oh, presuming. of course I have. <laughs> and, and when I was on the way there, so you go to a place that's a commercial mine, and you don't realize it at first, maybe, but you're buying salted buckets, which means they have stuff They've stuck got stuff in, in them, them. Yeah. because it's illegal in North Carolina, apparently, to sell somebody a bucket of dirt. So you're... You're supposedly getting ore from the area, but with the kids, it's like, oh my God, that's a huge piece of sapphire or a polished amethyst. Right. So on the way there. <laughs> that is how they come out of the ground. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So on I don't the way, know how many times as a kid I've just exclaimed right. those things. Right. <laughs> often. Often. I've done it many times as an adult. Fool's gold. Yeah. Oh my God. Pyrite. On the, the driveway way there, is one rot smaller. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember driving there and the first time we went. And I was as more excited, more excited than the kids. Um, and I remember we're getting close to where you parked your car. And I was just looking out at the dirt. And I was like, I want to just go dig right there. I bet I'll find an emerald right there. Because I'm in Hidden Night. There's emeralds everywhere. The whole place must be a mine. And um, I had the same, same thing when I went to the Crater of Diamonds in Arkansas. And I thought every mound of dirt was going to be a diamond. So it makes, it makes me laugh that this guy is taking kids on archaeological dig digs in a place where there probably are no fossils. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine spending all your time digging for fossils in a place where nobody's ever found fossils before? All those yes. holes in your yard make a lot yeah, of exactly. sense. <laughs> Cut to the playground behind the elementary school. All right, kids, everybody got your buckets? Yay! Perfect. All right, very good. So we're, we're going to start over in this corner now. Now, as we talked about, it's very important to set up a pattern and to keep... The pattern, right? We gotta we gotta march through like a grid. You're gonna, a grid. Yes, it grid. is a grid. That's the word that we used. I'm so glad you remember that, Georgie. That's very good. Pay attention. All right. Yes, very good. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna get a bucket of sand. We're gonna come over here to the sifter. We're gonna put it in. We're gonna sift it, and we're gonna see what we find. We're gonna be looking for important things. Okay. Right now we're looking for these. These are <gasps> yes. These are very similar that? to my keys. But they're not my keys. So I need you kids to look, okay? So anything that looks like this, we want to keep. So let's get started, okay? Mr. Harris? Uh, yes. I, I was hoping to find a dinosaur bone. You know, I bet there are dinosaur bones in here. I bet you're going to find one. Good, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. keep an eye out for the keys, okay? okay. We don't want to make sure I can go home because I'm so, so tired of this crap. Yeah, all right? <laughs> so, all right. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, Jim. Oh, I think that's cat crap. Let's throw that out. Okay, Jimmy? I can make it shape no, like no, no, your no, key, no, though. No, 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 no. Jimmy, go wash your hands. You need to go wash your hands. I don't. No, stop, 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 stop. That That's nasty. Yep. Yo, you're probably going to get something. What are, you, what are you chewing, Bruce? I found it. It's tasty. Oh, God. I like it. Get that it. gum out of your mouth. I no. like it. Oh, my God. That's just... Spit it out. Spit it out. Spit it out. All right, now 
take it over to the trash can. Do not. No. Stop it. Sp- spit it in my hand. Oh, my God. This is disgusting. Uh, oh, spit oh. it in my hand. Spit it in my hand. Blah. Ah. Uh, Mr. Harris, I found a Band-Aid. No, 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 no. Don't play mine. with a Band-Aid. Oh, Don't play with a Band-Aid. Oh, my God. Bruce's oh, my Band-Aid. God. Put it in the Got trash it. can. No, 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 no. Bruce. Bruce. Stop. Stop, Bruce. Jeez. Stop it. Oh, my God. Blah. You are never going to grow up. All right. All right. Okay. All right, kids. Um, all right. Well, let's restart over by the monkey bars. Okay. We'll see if we can maybe get from there. All right. Let's, let's start moving. What's that plastic thing? Oh, my God. That's a condom. Put it. Put the con- Put that what? in here. What is- it- no, oh. no, 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 no. Oh, Bruce. Oh, God. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Bruce. No, Bruce. (laughs) Thank you, Bruce. (laughs) That was great. They're those things that you dream about when you're in the midst of an improv and you're like, maybe Bruce will eat the condom. Let's see what happens. (laughs) He ate the band aid. Bunch of, bunch of, bunch of, bunch of small town nose. Bunch of, bunch of, bunch of, bunch of small town nose. Bunch of, bunch of, bunch of, bunch of small town You've just listened to another episode of Small Town News, a production of Small Town News, LLC. This week's episode of Small Town News was inspired by the Eagle Times of Claremont, New Hampshire, with uh, stories by Julia Lloyd-Wright, Ben Bulkley, Dan Bustard. Episodes are performed and produced by Keith Boyd, George Oliver, Neil Oliver, and Craig Ramey. Research by Dr. Jessica Saxon. Music performed by George Oliver. Small Town News is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your grandmother's gramophone. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram for behind-the-scenes photos, exclusive updates, and opportunities to share your favorite small town news. Thanks for joining us. And remember, maybe Bruce will eat the condom. Let's see what happens. (laughs) 